if I was in Miami right now, if I was an agent, I would be green screening the news. I would be talking about every single potential story that you could uh, revolving around Messi, every rumor of who else is going to come. Welcome back to The Walkthrough, where we walk you through this week's trending topics in real estate. I am your co-host, moderator, and captain of BAM, Dan O'Neill. And today, we have a jam-packed episode for you. Joining me, as always, this guy is content. He is marketing. Mr. Eric Simon, a.k.a. The Broke Agent. Eric, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. It is the start of the U.S. Open today. So we got four days of incredible golf right here in my backyard in Los Angeles. So are you, going, are you going out there? No, I'm not going out there. It's in L.A. and you're not going? <laughs> it's Father's Day also. I'm going to go play golf in San Diego with my dad. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open. It's also uh, the second day of the hockey season because the Stanley Cup is now over. So for us uh, losers every single year, we look forward to this day because that means that it's a fresh season. Uh, speaking of winners and maybe sometimes losers, I don't know, San Diego Padres. Also joining us, uh, returning guest. We've shown his videos about 22 weeks in a row here on the show. So it's good you actually have him back from sunny San Diego, Mr. Jason Cassidy. Jason, how you doing, buddy? What up, guys? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. We have a three-man episode this week. Uh, this is a little bit different than what we normally do, but... You know what? It's our show, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah, you know what? We, we decided, we were like, Cassidy brings so much value that we don't need another guest interrupting Cassidy. We don't need someone chirping in, chiming mm -hmm. in. Also, we have good rapport together, all three of us. And also, by the way, it's hard as hell to get two agents every single week on the show. <laughs> it's true. I mean, think, think about a real estate agent's schedule, trying to get them and then send them the topics the night of. It's a huge, enormous pain in the ass, but we are glad to have Cassidy, the co-founder of The Refer the best referral network on the face of the earth. There will be a link Ooh. down in the description for that also. And to see if your city is available, because it probably isn't at this point, but take a look. <laughs> There's a few good ones left though. There's a few good ones left. So inquire within. Yes. yes. We look forward to the fantasy football season in refer. All right. Today we are talking messy to Miami and how we would leverage that to potential buyers and sellers, marketing of the week, Google ads, and much, much more. If you're watching, make sure to smash that like and subscribe button. We appreciate everyone who t tunes in each and every single week. We are crushing this every single week for you guys. So hopefully you're getting value from it. Hopefully you're having fun with us because we know that we are. All right. Topic number one, Messi's move to Miami, a game changer for the real estate industry. Last week, Messi announced his decision to play for Inter-Miami MLS Soccer Club the one that David Beckham is the co-owner of, instead of taking a generous, and when I say generous, I mean, cha-ching, keep the change, generous offer from Saudi Arabia, reportedly close to half a billion dollars annually. Good on him because I don't know if I'd do that. It didn't take long for fans to respond to Messi's decision, and within days, Inter-Miami's ticket prices rose 1,000%, and its Instagram skyrocketed going from 1 million followers to over 7 million, making it the most followed U.S. team beyond some of the NBA franchises. Truly insane. That's crazy. With that type of fan fury, there's no doubt that Messi's move is a game changer for not only the Major League Soccer or MLS, but the Miami real estate industry as well. Messi is expected to bring another boom, very similar to how LeBron joined uh, the Miami Heat in 2010, but because Messi is a global star, his arrival is going to cause an even bigger impact. 
This will be in the show notes. This is from Bam, The Real Deal, basically everywhere. Um, and then it goes on to kind of quote some of the uh, agents that are down there, what they're dealing with. And South Florida is known to draw in celebrities and athletes for a long time, but I don't think they've ever had, like this is one of two, in my opinion, one of the lo- largest athletes in the world, maybe him and, and uh, Ronaldo. So this is going to have an incredible impact. And Miami's market was already up 8.1% uh, year over year. So this is going to be next level for their market and for agents down there. Jason, if you were an agent in Miami, how would you leverage Messi's move um, to leverage more business? Um, great question. I mean, that is a monster move. Messi's the greatest soccer player of all time. I mean, debatably, you could have a couple other people in that conversation. But uh, right now, he's the greatest soccer player that, of our generation. And he chose to come to Miami. I mean, that's that's money. So from a real estate perspective, I'm not entirely sure that like families living in the suburbs are going to see a trickle-down effect of Miami being there. But it just puts Miami on the map more than it already was. You just said it. We had LeBron era there. Miami's already a free agent destination. And now you're putting the greatest soccer player, potentially one of the greatest names in the world in that city. Um, yeah. That's going to be that, – that that's good. That, that is a good thing all around. Um, now, we know that he owns a condo at the Porsche Residences. Um, and, and now it sounds like he's bought in a couple more, right? So if you're in the luxury space, um, can't be a bad thing. If you've got uh, one of the, the healthiest contracts in the world now coming into your city, um, a lot of international attention going to be coming into Miami, choosing Miami as their favorite team. So they're going to want to buy a place so they can come watch Messi play for a couple couple games a year. You know, rich, uh, rich Spain, Italy, France money that people want to come see Messi. Uh, and then that will have a little bit of a, an impact on the luxury market, right? More buyers coming in, I think. Um, overall, it's just, it, it's a huge, huge win. I think if I was in Miami right now, if I was an agent, I would be green screening the news. I would be talking about every single potential story that you could uh, revolving around Messi, every rumor of who else is going to come. I saw that Luis Suarez might join Messi, another former Barcelona teammate. Um, I would be green screening and become the digital mayor of uh, of anything having to do with Messi right now, because that is the hottest topic in sports and potentially Miami real estate right now. And and the the luxury. So he also bought like this the most insane home I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw it yesterday on on TikTok. On top of that, too, you got to think the Heat were just in the uh, you know in the NBA yeah. Finals. The Panthers, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, which is only a thirty minute yep. drive, just made the Stanley Cup. So it's a really good time to be uh, in South Florida. Eric, how would you leverage this? And, and what are some things that maybe you would do as the content uh, genius that you are? Yeah, I'd be trying to reach out to Argentinians, Europeans, people interested in soccer, letting them know that you have these high-end condos available for purchase that you can rent out or Airbnb. You know, Maybe they move in for the soccer season, move out, and then rent it out. But I, I just think like these athletes moving to these cities and moving away from cities too, keep in mind, like when LeBron left Cleveland, that destroyed their downtown economy. I think I, I read an article that said they lost like 50 million uh, a year in downtown businesses when LeBron left Cleveland. Then when he came back, everything spiked up again. So that's that's just crazy how much power these these athletes and these sports franchises do for these these real estate um, economies. Like same thing with Tucson. Like if U of A football sucks, if U of A uh, basketball sucks, like people just don't care about Tucson. Like. The, the yeah. success of the team has so much to do with the economy and everything around it. And Big I think time. too, like Messi, like we can't even really comprehend because we're not really like football, like football fans or like soccer fans. This guy is a global athlete. Like, like they went from 1 million followers to eight mil- 7 million, like overnight. 
which is more than like most, you know, of our American teams combined, right? Like just that alone. I mean, the fact that uh, the ticket sales went up a thousand percent, like that is, they like sold out, like season tickets sold out overnight. Like that is, and he is also, so part of his deal, why he turned down half a billy from the Saudis is because he's now, after he plays, he's going to be a part owner of that team. So he's going to be there for he's a long time. Right? Yeah. He, he took a, he took profit sharing in the Apple TV. So so the MLS yeah. just got their TV rights from Apple TV to broadcast all the games. And he's going to get a profit share of the Apple TV money too. So it, yep. it like transcended just his contract. I wonder how much Americans will actually care about this. Like when Beckham came to the Galaxy, I didn't care. I didn't watch one game. It was kind of in the twilight of his career. I know Messi's 35. I don't know much about soccer at all i know he's kind of in the back end of his career too but i wonder like is this something that we're going to watch the first game of and then americans are just not going to care at all because who cares about the mls right well, Cassidy, um, you probably do I, you probably bet on it i do yeah I, I don't care so san diego actually just got the newest mls team that's a big deal of course they did um and so that, <laughs> where's, that's right. where's yeah there's a green screen where's that stadium going up it, they're going to play at Snapdragon, the old Qualcomm, okay. the one they just built for San Diego State. So nice. Manny Machado's in the ownership group, um, as well as a few others. And so we are the the newest San Diego or the newest MLS team. I think we start in the 2025 season. So I would love if Messi is still playing two years from now that, that we get on that schedule. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like for smaller cities, right? Miami's big, right? They already have other professional teams, but Columbus, uh, you know, Austin, San Diego, these other cities that don't have a ton of other professional sports, MLS is everything. You know, these are big, these are loyal fan bases. Have you ever gone to a Sounders game or a Portland Timbers game? Like those no. people love their team. And so, <laughs> exactly. So that being said, like coming in and bringing in someone in, on Messi's level, th this is akin, it, Messi's way bigger than David Beckham, way yeah. bigger than Zlatan, way bigger yeah. than Steven Gerrard. The other guys who came to play for LA, um, those were those were fun. Those were kind of like cool stories. I, I went and saw Gerard, I saw Zlatan, I saw David Beckham, but Messi's Messi's different, man. This guy oh, right. outside of outside of America, he's a god. Like him and yeah. Ronaldo, both those guys are are transcendent athletes. And, and you got to think too. There's already right. You got like Miami Music Week. You have Art Basel every single year. Like Miami is really like the hub of all these celebrities, all these stars, like DJ Khaled. The amount of like celebrities and like rappers and musicians and all these things that live there. Like it's, it's already the hub for that. So like now Beckham coming there is just another reason for more people to follow suit. And like, they already have like F1, right? F1 week tickets were like $25,000 to go watch this race. In my, like F1 is kind of a new sport. It's I'm not really into it. I didn't realize that the first billionaire athlete ever was like an F1 driver, but $20,000 to go to a ticket. Art Basel is crazy expensive as it is. Like this is just going to be, what a time to be a Miami agent, a South Florida agent, in my opinion. Big time, especially in the luxury space, right? Shout out to our friend Sarah out there in Miami. Like the 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 the, the contingent of luxury agents in Miami are probably stoked about yeah. this because of all the international money that will not saying is going to pour in, but the international money that's going to be turned on to Miami. All these people who are maybe on the fence of going to New York or Miami or LA are may lean Miami now because now they have some extra incentive I'm, to go with Messi. I'm, I don't even want to live in New York anymore. I want to get the hell out of here. Are you kidding me? Miami's. In, I don't think. I, I don't think I would survive a week though. Uh, our battle for three days is plenty for me. Jason, I I, South, I do love South the Beach point. I do love the point of like green screening these articles. Like anytime an athlete, it doesn't have to be Messi's level, but say you get a Rudy Gobert, for example, who went from Utah to Minnesota. <laughs> probably the worst example possible because he was awful this year. <laughs> but if you are living in Minnesota and you get a huge contract or something. Or say Anthony Edwards signs a 10-year deal. You should talk about like what that means for ticket prices and for the downtown economy around these sports franchises. So 
I mean, you know that's, you can that's do constant you movement can, of athletes and, and uh, piling up in these cities. What's you up? can show off their house too. So like when, when yeah. Machado signed his big contract here, he, he bought a, a double house on Coronado on the Bayside looking back on downtown. And so you can, you can go on Zillow and see that house for when it was for sale and do a green screen walkthrough of Machado's house, right? Yeah. Or Tatis's house or Messi's house. Um, and then as more and more stars come in, I mean, that's great content. It's such an yeah. appeal for buyers too. like Manhattan Beach is where all the L.A. Kings live, where retired Los Angeles Lakers lives and Dodgers live. So anytime you could bring that up to buyers to be like, oh, you know, Messier lives down the street or something like that, then it, it really just like sparks the appeal for it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, throw us a, a like and comment here. Let us know what you think about this move. Uh, let us know if you're in Miami. I mean, congratulations to you because you are just hitting the jackpot here. Um, and Eric, make sure next time, uh, you know, as Drupal Cabrera goes to the D-backs. <laughs> Remember we saw him at the 7-Eleven on the way from Palm Springs to LA? Uh, he was, was just destroying a bathroom in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, make sure to like it and subscribe here. Uh, moving on to topic number two, this is something that I am genuinely curious about. So I love hopping on here and learning from you two. Uh, this is from Bam Staff. And this is actually from a live Q&A from Byron in the BAMX subscription only I'll get into it. How much agents should spend on Google and Facebook ads? This article, again, from Bam Staff was a Q&A with Byron, Uncle B, located only and exclusively in BAMX. So make sure you subscribe uh, monthly. It's like literally nothing. Two of the most popular lead sources for entrepreneurs are Google PPC, pay-per-click, ads, and Facebook ads. Ask around and you'll probably get mixed reviews for both. But if you're using these to generate real estate leads, you need to quantify exactly what they're doing for your business before you can adjust your ad spend to get the most bang for your buck. Last week, as I mentioned, BAM co-founder went on the uh, invitation-only BAMX uh, Facebook group with all the members, did a Q&A, and Sean King, shout out to Sean, asked the question, how much do you recommend spending on Google and Facebook ads right now? The answer can be summed up from Byron in four answers. Number one is to get clarity on your conversion rate, so know your, your ROI. Number two is pay attention and track important details. Number three, identify the underperformers. And number four, hold your lead sources accountable. I have never been able to promote on Facebook. I haven't been able to spend a dollar. I've been in Facebook jail for, I don't know, six years now, because I think I did one on housing one time and it just shut me down. Um, I also am horrible with PPC and on Google. I, I don't know, I've spent $500 a month. I don't think I get a single lead, just being completely honest. So. I would like to learn from you guys, and maybe Jason, you could start this off. How are you using uh, Google ads, YouTube ads, Facebook, right? And and how much are you really spending on it? Um, good question. So when I was earlier in my career, I would say I, I would always use the 25% of my GCI marker for, for advertising and marketing. And that was high. Like I think a lot of people will suggest somewhere between 10 and 20%, right, of your of your GCI. So if you do 100,000 in GCI, you're going to spend about 25 grand a year in your marketing to, to reinvest into your business to get, to get that back. Right. Mm -hmm. So now of that 25 grand a year, that's what two, you know, just over two grand a month, let's just say two grand a month. You're going to split that up over four or five different lead sources. And you may choose geographic farming or Zillow leads or social media leads. And then, mm -hmm. so you'll have, uh, you know, in that case, if you split across those three, you'd have about 600 bucks a month ish to play with on social leads. Um, and, and you're going to want to play with Facebook lead ads versus Google pay-per-click, see what converts better for you. I prefer Google pay-per-click. Um, that is a search-based uh, lead where someone went in and typed in San Diego real estate, some keywords versus Facebook lead ads, which are much cheaper, but nobody went on Facebook to go look for a real estate agent. Your ad just caught them. So they're way further down the funnel or like way further away from buying than a Google pay-per-click ad. 
Um, but Google Play per click ads are a little bit tougher to figure out, a little bit more expensive. So that being said, in, in my business, I work with a shout out plug here with a company called Curator, Jimmy Mackin. They run my Google Pay per click and my Facebook ads. Um, so they oversee that. Once you get to a certain point, you can hire an agency to run them for you because it does take a lot of time to learn how to run these ads. Um, that being said, every agent listening should probably do this right now. You can go into your CRM and just export your entire CRM, right? I have a CRM with about five or 6,000 names in there. You can export that and then just create a custom audience in Facebook and call that my clients. And then you can just boost ads to that custom audience. So now you're making sure that at least your clients, clients, the people in your CRM are seeing your content as well. Um, right. I think that that's a pro tip that all agents can do right away. Uh, as you're getting into learning how to run Facebook and Google Pay, you can do that in Google and Facebook. And then lastly, too, um, YouTube pre-roll ads have become a new, uh, a really new focus for me is where you can actually, because we shoot a lot of video content. So, you know, Dan, you do too. A lot of people, agents out there watching this, if you shoot great video content, it doesn't stop there. You need to then distribute that content. And so if I spent two grand on a video, I'm probably spending two to $300 at least on an ad, uh, a YouTube pre-roll ad to, to get yep. exposure for that video. Um, and yeah. so that's that's the newest one that I play with there. So those those Google pay-per-click, Facebook lead ads to my sphere and YouTube pre-roll ads to, of my videos are, yeah. are where most of my focus is. And I, I spend probably around five grand a month, not, not including right. all of that, plus some geographic farming and stuff like that. So um, and I, I like what you said too about how you're using Jimmy Mackin and Curator, right? Like at a certain mm -hmm. point in time, you have to be using you know, highest and best use of time. And there also are so many scams out there. Like there's so many companies that will tell you, oh, we'll do your PPC for you. We'll do your SEO. And then, right, you get nothing out of it. So making sure that if you do hire an agency to help you out with it, that they are fact-checked and, and you know that you're getting the right services. The other thing too is like you, for Google My Business, for example, right? Uh, like Facebook ads for me have never worked. Maybe it gets a couple more views, but the leads are just, they're not even real profiles, right? But Google My Business and Google ads, you have to also be updating your Google My Business. Like you have to also like any piece of content you do, that you're doing should be on your, your Google My Business. Any um, you know listings or any reviews, all of those things need to be on your Google My Business because that will help you just organically rank up. So that way when you're spending that money, you're, you're actually getting the, the proper views. If you're just spending the money and you're not actually posting on Google My Business and you're not actually updating it, then it's never gonna work out for you, whatever that, that numerical value might be. Um, and it's also about being consistent too. So I see all the time agents be like, oh, well, you know, I did, I spent $500 on Google My Business last month. I didn't get anything. I'm done. Like you, that's like anything else. You, you can't just give it 30 days and you're, and you're out, right? You got to be consistent and, and stick with it for 30, 60, 90 days. And then at that point, look at yourself. Is it, is it me, right? Am I doing something wrong or am I not being accountable? Or is it, or is it actually just Google My Business not doing its job? Um, sure. Eric, welcome back. Um, thoughts and how you are using just dozed um, off there Google. for a second. Google my business. Yeah, yeah. No, but th those were great points, Dan. And and holding the resources accountable, like you said, like Byron said, because there are so many companies, and we've been through so many companies. By the way, I've been running Facebook ads on the broke agent, whether it's the coffee and contracts templates, now to eBooks or to BAMX for for years now. And there are so many people that'll say this is what we could do for you, but if you tune out for a couple weeks, three weeks, you're paying them. Plus you're paying them a percentage of ad spend, right? Yeah. Because they're going to say like, oh, we're going to take, you know, 30% of your ad spend and then we're going to get this. Um, that could be a huge pain in the ass because then you realize, oh, I haven't actually gotten any conversions. But what we found really successful with Facebook ads is running it on content that's already been super successful. So mm -hmm. yeah. if I was running it on a, a coffee and contracts meme or something like that, I would post it to Facebook first, see how the engagement was organically. 
and then boost it through that. Because if you're going to post a piece of content that is not performing well and then try to run a bunch of ads to it, you're just not going to get that many clicks. And then running a variety of ads at once too, because Facebook is going to let you know, it's going to test it out and show you which ad is performing the best. So don't just launch one, launch five or six, launch one that's a video, launch one that's text, launch one that's like image based and have whoever's running your ads, or even if it's yourself constantly checking the conversions. And then you actually do have to get a number in your head to be like, all right, if I'm running this, how many, how many dollars does it cost to acquire one email? If it's $1, $2 for people to actually click on the ebook link and download it, then do I need to spend $1,000 for 10 emails? Like you have to kind of weigh what actually works and then you know figure out what to do from there. So I would definitely run ads on your best content. So even if you have something that you posted a year ago, repost it again, run an ad on it, boost it, and then make make sure you're running it to something that actually converts, right? Like you're not just trying to get likes on your Facebook page anymore. That doesn't matter. Or you're not just trying to get like Instagram followers, or you're not just trying to get more views on one specific YouTube video. Because if you just prematurely boost a YouTube video, that's just mm -hmm. clicks that don't even matter. It's like, are you getting yeah. them into your email list? Are you getting them into your CRM? Is it actually booking you appointments? Are you actually getting signups to BAMX? Like you have to figure out what these ads are actually converting to because just mindlessly running them will do nothing. Yeah, and, and Eric, I love what you said too, because you also have to identify who you're like targeting, right? So Eric, you're targeting different people than, than Jason and I. I mean, we're yeah. targeting agents, we're trying to target consumers. So you have to identify and know who you're reaching out to. I have a lot of investors that do a ton of PPC and SEO, like they spend a hundred grand a month for people that you know need a cash offer, mm -hmm. they crush it. But I've done it where I was never tracking it. I had no system and I had no SOPs for it. So therefore, obviously I didn't know what my ROI was. And again, I'm just set spending $500 a month hoping, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know what I was hoping. I don't know, maybe I get a call or something like, but I had no SOPs. I had no, no, no one to hold accountable. Nobody actually doing anything. It was just kind of like, you know, I would get my, get a notification from Chase, $500 from Google. Jason, what are you what running your pre-roll YouTube ads to? Like, what's the call to action with those? Is it to your YouTube channel? Is it to yeah, emails? Yeah, depending like, if there's it? a, if, it, if it's a listing video, I could run it to our, the landing page for the listing. If there's, right. uh, if it's a brand based video, I could run it to the website, um, to a specific seller's page or buyer's page. It, it kind of depends on the video, but, um, and, and then some of them I'm really just running just branding videos that just go back to the YouTube page. Yeah. Just like mm -hmm. try, try to get visibility. I, One I'll thing I recommend entire, to not, oh, go ahead. One thing I would recommend to not do is when we first started BAM, we were like, we want our YouTube numbers up, right? Like we want to mm -hmm. get thousands of views on all these videos. So we ran a couple <laughs> pre-rolls on all of our podcasts, like including between two lockboxes, walkthrough, and someone just had like 8,000 views, but we're not converting subscribers from that. And those views were completely meaningless. So we had no like call to action. It wasn't subscribed to the channel. It wasn't, um, you know, join the email list. It wasn't join BAMX. So it was just like, artificially inf inflating numbers. And we only did that for a couple of weeks. We were just trying to figure out what to do. So I do not recommend doing that to just be like, oh, I got 50,000 views on one video. Well, and so the other thing too, and maybe like last point is I see a lot of agents do this as well. When they're sharing out their listings or when they're you know even spending money on Google, Facebook ads, they don't have their own website. Like they're, they're like sharing out a listing through Zillow. So now mm -hmm. you're having people click on a Zillow link you're never going to get their information, right? <clears throat> if you're going to be doing that, make sure that go spend money on GoDaddy. Go have somebody design a website for you. So now you're linking in that website. So when people type in their information, you're getting their information, you're capturing it. I actually learned that from Byron because I kept sharing out my listings with a Zillow link. He's like, you're an idiot, dude. He's like, everyone's just clicking on Zillow. Like you're not even capturing yeah. these people. And I was like, oh, you're right.
Classic I have to preface this the entire segment of online lead spend is that you can, there's nothing worse than wasting money on online leads. And you can spend thousands and tens of thousands of dollars really fast for no return. If you don't have a system like you, you said SOPs, but like you don't have some sort of system in place to contact those leads and follow up with them for forever, right? Lifetime nurture, because sometimes, especially with Facebook, but even Google pay-per-click those, those people might be six or nine or 12 months out. Yeah. And it's, if you're not following up with them for six or nine or 12 months, you're just wasting land. Real estate agents are notorious for not having great follow-up. We're looking for the now business and, and online leads. It's like one in a thousand, right? Like yeah. it, 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 to get, to get now business, like the diamond in the rough, it's there, but it's rare. It's the follow-up that converts all those leads. So if you don't have plans in place, if you're just a solo agent and you're yeah. not going to pick up speed, the lead, call the people, follow up with them just save your money. And by the way, if you, if you, if you hire like a a savvy Facebook ad person, they're going to tell you that these ads will take two or three weeks to actually learn the audience. So the impatient real estate agent or the impatient content creator wants to post an ad and just start getting results right away. These things take a long time to learn the specific audience. So once you have one that's going, you keep hammering that specific ad. Like you'll see the same Inman ads all the time about their email list. You'll see the same Tom Ferry ads. You'll start to see the same BAM ads for like our hundred hooks ebook. I'm sure that's, that's following. Yeah. That's following people around the internet right now because it's an effective ad and it's getting actual downloads. So once you have one that works, you replicate that and then do that ad again. Yes. And last point, uh, Jason, to go off of the follow-up side of things, DJ and Lindsay in Jacksonville, they did a study right on how many transactions they did and where they had come from, whether it be the first 90 days of meeting somebody versus, you know, the nine to, you know, nine months and on, I believe. And 25 of, 25% of their 3,000 deals took place from somebody that they met within the first 90 days. The other 75% of their 3,000 deals came from a six-month or on uh, period. So if you really track their numbers, that is millions of dollars in follow-up. So make that? sure you're doing that. The ROI is there. And speaking of ROI and not wasting your money, BAMX, Eric. I mean, That's right. talk about yeah. I mean, this thing is a, is a cup of coffee a month to get the best real estate courses and content in the game. You got a green screen course that I just released that teaches you all of the steps to record the green screen that Cassie was just talking about. You got Lionel Messi moving to Miami. You take this green screen course, you post that, you're going to get Colombians and Argentinians and Europeans flooding your inbox to buy your condo. So you got to join BAMX. (laughs) There's a link down in the description below. Use code walkthrough for 10% off. Yes, let's go. What an ad read. What a layup, too. And by the way, I think it's, uh, you, know, I, you know, maybe it is Lionel Messi. I don't Lionel know. Lionel Messi, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, anyway, make sure you go subscribe. BAMX is honestly the best investment. The Facebook group, the community, the live called call yesterday. I'm getting a ton of value. So is my team. Uh, I mean, I've been spending three ninety nine on Inman every month. Canceled. Actually, I'm not canceling it because I need it for the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. <laughs> got, to source, got to source some of it. So uh, this next segment, by the way. This might reintroduce the TikTok dances, our TikTok dances back. We've been hammering back to basics, cold calling, door knocking, you know, repeating Byron and Tom Tools talking points, talk about rates and inventory levels, hit the phones. I'm sick of it. I'm going back to TikTok dances because I just saw this video from Grandma Nat and it is unbelievable. So Haley, if you can play this, this is this is going completely viral on TikTok. She's she's accumulating millions of views on TikTok from these dances, but she goes about it in a different way. Everybody 
see, I don't watch these I, until like we play them. So I, that's my like live reaction. Like, let's go, Grandma and Abby. I'm about to do the same thing. It's just a feel. That's just a feel good video right there. Like that's yeah. that's different from the pointing at captions or the force dancing. Like she's clearly just having a great time, and the energy just exudes off her and flows through the screen. And then she's actually like talking about the house. She's saying all new everything. She's giving you the square footage. And people can make fun of the TikTok dances, and we have a million times, and we've been saying mm -hmm. stop doing them. But this thing has gotten millions of views, right? So how many well, people think, are seeing this listing? Maybe not millions, but hundreds of thousands. It's different than like a, the TikTok dance where it's like, you know, it's like a house song. It's like yeah. mortgage rates here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's different. That's What she did is different. She did yeah. the Chris Bianamine. He's done something like that. There's a guy in my market, Gabe Mendez, who did the floss video years ago. got like a million views. And yeah. so like, I think those are different than like the TikTok videos that we make, not make fun of, but that we say don't do, which is like the point, 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 point. We, we make fun of them. Let's call it We make fun of them, but it works. Grandma Nat's a whole different vibe though. Can we yeah. run that back? I, I was so distracted with her moves. That I didn't even see anything about the house. I was just dancing and lying. Yeah, like, run it back see. and everyone look at, at the captions that pop up that actually show throughout the house. That last move. That last move is yeah. psychotic. She looks like a zombie that's just, you know, getting the disease. <laughs> right Electric there. factory. So, why why yeah. are you calling her Grandma Nat? Is that her name? That's her name on TikTok. I she was hard to find handle. on Instagram. I don't know if we even found her actually, but we did an article on this just about how it's effective. How she actually is in different areas of the house. Like it's not just mm -hmm. a, a gimmick dance thing. Like she clearly knows what she's doing promoting this. So, yeah. shout out Grandma Nat. Good, good Grandma shit right Nat. there. Let's get, and let's then get her also. On the show. Yeah, let's get her on the show. Um, by the way, Island, Island Wide Realty, who we who we still have to have on the show, has blown up together. so much. <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's got together. merchandise and everything. Dude, he didn't even pick up the phone. Like his, he didn't even have an office number like four weeks ago. And now this guy's got merch. He's at every conference. Every, like he's got every every post is like four hundred comments. Also, uh, Stephen Diaz is a world touring rapper at this point. I mean, the guy's coming to my market in like a week and headlining. He's speaking he's in Anaheim talking. today. What's that, Jason? He's speaking in Anaheim today. At some, is at, he? At, at like a summit, like a conference, yeah. Are you driving 45 minutes to see him? No. He's well, got to Steven, that's, that's definitely the bam, the, the walkthrough effect. We'll call it the walkthrough The walkthrough effect, exactly. No, I mean, these guys... The, the old rub, you know, like the walkthrough rub. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go. He's got merch too. We don't have merch. Why don't we have merch? This guy's we're, got we're, really we're getting merch. merch. We just we just got a new merch person. This will be out, and it'll be at Bam Bash too, which is August twenty second. Which refer members will get all you can drink. Link down in the description for that. Also, it's going to be an epic party at the Tom Ferry Summit. We have tickets for you coming soon for that as well. But Graham and Nat crushing it. TikTok dances are back, and you know what else is back? <laughs> Matt Leonetti with an unbelievable hey. marketing video. Perfect trend jack, just in time, post-Canadian Open, pre-US yeah. Open, right in the middle of it. Let's watch this listening video from Matt Leonetti and his partner, Anna. They did two separate mm -hmm. videos. And notice the announcer's voice, because I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Here we are at the spectacular finishing hole at 65 Bremner in the heart of Toronto. Now, Matt Leonetti, our co-leader, is standing over this ticklish tester for the win. 
If he wants to sink this, he's going to have to play a large break into the open concept living room, through the dining area, and across the custom kitchen. He must be careful to not get distracted by the stunning west view of the CN Tower. Leonetti, notorious for having somewhat of an unorthodox putting stroke, must play this ball with the perfect pace in order for it to drop in the cup. And say it is an absolute miracle he has made it. So that voice is me, by the way, for the people at home yeah. listening. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know it was you the first time I saw that video. Yeah. Really? I tried to yeah. try to little, I mean, I, I guess I, I thought it was Matt. A no, little gentle so A little gentle Irish accent. I don't even think that, that one was that good, but it's a genius listening video. Not only is it trend jacking it because it's sandwiched right in the middle of golf season, but the fact yeah. that he shows the entire property with the movement of the ball. I'm describing the property, the CN Tower in the back, this downtown incredible condo. Like, I just, I love the way that his content has evolved. Like, he's yeah. still going to do the the funny videos, the car rants, the uh, the the song parodies, and everything. But like, he's taking this to a whole new level. Like, that that's just, it's such a clever way to show the house with still being funny. And then his partner Anna posted another video that's the like same sort of concept, like ball moving around with mm -hmm. Matt doing the voiceover for that. So I thought that's a really good idea too. Instead of doing like a collab post together, which is the same video, if you have a co-listing mm -hmm. agent, do the same sort of video, slightly different styles, and then post them to both Instagrams. Yeah, I think that was Matt. Like honestly, I think that's Matt's best video ever. Yeah, like, it's really good. It video, you know, like it, like there's so much thought that goes into that as opposed to kind of just doing like the rants and and I mean your your narration and like the trend jacking like that. I was literally laughing out loud at like your. You're narrating that, right? Like most people probably didn't even catch on that, but obviously, like we right. did. Um, and also, the funny thing, like Matt, I thought Matt was asking us about golf merch, like you know, what should I wear? Because I thought he was going to start playing, and I didn't realize it was for like for this video. And then having that, like the Drake Tower is what I call it, right? Like mm -hmm. I think that's what that is. You no, know? CN, like, CN Tower. But yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's he Drake sits on that in his album cover. <laughs> Direct on that. that. <laughs> he sits on that. <laughs> That's just like, honestly, that I'm going to say that might be one of the best listening videos. Maybe I'm biased. I love Matt and I love you and I love golf, but that is just incredible. Let's play oh, Jason's food time. video again, huh? Let's play that one again. Dan, Dan's <laughs> pissed at me because we play this. <laughs> we don't actually have that video, but we've played Jason's food um, video like 10 times. But I just, like I said, the, the, <laughs> slam it. There's no way that's actual booze. Actually, it probably is. Why would you just have water? It right probably now? is. Yeah. It's savage. It's 1242 on the East Coast. Oh, God. That, love that it. reminds me of like a frat just yeah. handle pull from chase warm, it with some water great a warm <laughs> bottle of prestige vodka fun fact actually the first the first exchange i ever had we had with um uh, i want to say delta gamma they came over we were in my friend marcus's room and i was a pledge and he handed me a warm bottle of prestige vodka no chaser and i took a handle pull and puked all over myself immediately afterwards and had to go home, change, brush my teeth, put on a new suit and everything, because that was like my first time experiencing something like that. And it was absolutely horrific. To, to, get, to get back from uh, off of Eric's pledging days, uh, <laughs> speaking of listening videos too, like Matt also was like te uh, texting us, asking if it was okay or if he should post it on like a Friday night, um, you know, kind of like getting very strategic with it. And all of our content is evolving from the funny stuff to really, like Jason, you kind of always really had a knack for the educational side of things and also listing videos. But I love the fact that Matt's doing that too. 
and it's just so interesting too. Like Eric, maybe I'm cutting into the next segment a little bit here, but like it, you really, just, it's like such a crapshoot with Instagram. Like you really never know. I tried like 15 different video ideas at this one home uh, that I just put out. And I'm like, you know what? None of these are even really like funny. Like I can't do a silly listing video that I had planned. This house is too nice to do that. So I'm just talking to my video guy and I'm like, dude, I love this house. He's like, why? And I literally just in one take, like a four minute long video. Nobody is what like that goes against everything that everyone ever says ever. You don't put like, that's insane, right? Couldn't fade it into a reel. I just did it one take four minutes and it was probably my most viral, most watched listing video, like maybe ever aside from the bachelorette. And like, yeah. it just goes to the point of, you know, Matt's saying, Hey, should I post this Friday at five? We're all kind of like in our own head about it. And then, right. Like, well, good thing he didn't too. Cause he posted that Monday. I want to say, because yes. we know that Friday at five, you're just going to start to lose people. But that, that yes. does bring us to the next segment, which is Instagram stories for this week in marketing. Instagram stories for me have been all over the place. My feed posts are crushing. My Instagram stories are getting, I don't know, 80% less views than, than usual. Maybe that's because the amount of link clicks. But if you've noticed, if your Instagram app is updated, now you can only see three Instagram stories up top. So that real estate up there is extremely important now. So now you can't see like however many it used to be, like six, seven, maybe it was like five to six. Um, so getting, yeah, like it's, you know, a huge circle up there now. So that real estate's super important. So that's why your Instagram stories, um, make even more sense to focus on right now. Probably do more Instagram lives because that immediately knocks you up. What is that? Drewski's new video. Yeah. Yeah. Drewski's hilarious. (laughs) I didn't Um, didn't even, wow. That's why you're the content guy. I mean, geez, how do you even know that that, like, did you just notice it or did you you just, yeah, just notice it. Just go on Instagram. (laughs) I'm not, you follow uh, Adam Carr's keynotes every week, his TED, his TED talk. Yeah, exactly. Brock Levin Johnson told me who Brock Levin Johnson, by the way, speaking in the Refer Network on Tuesday. He is the Instagram coach of all Instagram coaches. He is where we get a lot of our information from. So make sure you click that link down below to join Refer, and maybe you'll get to see him speak next week. But also with Instagram Stories, the note section has now added music, so music, it's like yeah. right back to like MySpace days where you could kind of have a status up there. And then have music attributed to that, which I think is kind of cool. But Jason, sorry, I feel like we, you know, you haven't said anything here in the last couple of minutes. What's going on with Instagram stories for you? <laughs> it's all over the place too. I doing? feel like, I feel like the engagement is, is way back though, both on feed and stories. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's, if that's yeah. an anecdotal me thing, but um, I, I think yeah. that the, both the feed and the stories are getting higher than average views for me. Um, which is great. Um, it's, it's encouraging me to, to want to post more, which is probably the, the reason that it's coming back. Yeah. I just posted like a screenshot of a, a funny exchange that I had in my DMS yesterday and had over 2000 views, which is, which is good. Like for an Instagram story, yeah. usually those will range you know, somewhere around a thousand. So now maybe it's because like that got a lot of laugh emojis back or hearts. Emo- so then it ranked higher, but, um, I, I'm more optimistic about Instagram organic reach than I was three months ago, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. certain. Yeah, it's certainly come back. I don't my, my reels are getting 1000s and 1000s of shares and my followers are coming back, um, which is super encouraging. It does. Th- there's a direct correlation between the engagement you get and how much you want to post. And, you know, agents and people watching this have to disregard that and still just continuing posting away because you don't really know what the algorithm is going to do. And obviously, consistency wins overall. But I love when there's little like algorithm waves like this, where it feels like it's happening. Um, uh, Also for Instagram stories, that guy Brock Johnson said, less might actually be more. So I used to do eight to 10 Instagram stories a day, but each story 
gets less views than the first one, right? So every time you keep adding a story or a reshare or a link, Instagram is testing to see if people are engaging with those. And if they're not, they're going to be less likely to even see your first one. So if you have a great story that you really want to draw attention to, or you're publishing a link, I'm not even going to say you should sandwich it between two engaging stories anymore. Just post that one. Just give yeah. people one option of something to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm showing you just right now, this is like my seventh story in or something for like, I don't know if you guys can even really see this. Not really. This is okay. Well, this is like the seventh story that I posted today. Yeah. So like you would imagine, right? Like, but look how many reactions it's getting. So because of that, like now the ones previous to that are getting like 4,000, which like I usually, like that's good for me, right? Normally I'm getting like two, 2,500, 3,000. And now like that's the seventh video, like in a row. So the fact that it's getting all that engagement, I think people underestimate and underutilize their stories and also just engaging with people. Like you said, Eric, now there's only three people at the top of your feed. The three people that are at, we're at the top of mine, like I'm DMing all the time, you know, like yeah. I'm in direct communication with them, like you pop up. So I think answering your DMs being, uh, you know, you maybe being the one to reach out to people, comment on people's videos. That's really how I feel like I got such a community was I was the one to seek out people and comment and like on their stuff. And then in turn, they're like, wow, this guy's a super nice guy. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. And I think you know, on stories, whether it be reactions, everything, all the above, I think it really helps. This is a situation I think where if you've been watching this show and every other show we've talked about and every other podcast we've, we've promoted for the last three years and done everything that we've told you, right. DM'd all your followers said, hi, engaged in the comments, commented back to everybody. You've probably built up some sort of a community by now. And you're starting to reap these benefits as they settle in. If you're going to try to start now, you're just way behind the eight ball. But if you've been listening to all the tips that Eric gives out and we give out on these shows and stuff like that, you're, 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 you're set up for success right now for this new algorithm change um, because you'll have created these communities. There's such a science behind it. Like when I try to articulate like what Eric says to me about like stories and where you position things. And when I tell that to people, they're like, you got, you're insane. Like, no, you don't need to do that. I'm like, okay, do that. Do this. What Eric says, right. One time this way, stories, post everything. And all of a sudden now they're like, oh my God, like this thing got 25,000 views. Yeah. It's, I mean, we talk about it all the time internally. So we think that everyone already knows all this stuff and is thinking this stuff. And if they have been listening, then they're probably trained to actually start doing it. But like Jason, we just spoke um, in, at, at the Keller Williams event in Fort Worth. And we had people going up to us to like who have never heard some of this stuff before. Right. And it, it's refreshing to know that that audience, like they're so focused on the real estate business. They're not thinking, how do I get an extra 10% of my Instagram stories? Like who cares? Right. But it, it is helpful. The, the more we talk about this stuff, I think. Well, Dustin just put out, put out a really good post. I think it was on BAM. I think it was a blog mm -hmm. as well about how content and making videos actually is prospecting. And you need yeah. to kind mm -hmm. of shift your focus in your mindset, even if it's five or 10 hours a week to making content, because that is the same thing as it's just another it's another way of prospecting yeah, um, and sure. everybody that I've ever talked to that is doing content that is actually selling real estate, not the fake things, the videos, right. Right. That are actually selling real estate. They know the content. They, they, they're aware that content is a part of their prospecting. Right. So as you have Gen Z and millennials buying houses and selling houses now, like, do you know how psychotic it is to walk up to someone's door and knock on their door and just talk to them face to face? Like in the next 10 or 15 years, that will become completely obsolete. And that was the way that everybody made money for the last 15 and 30 years. And so now it's, it's, you're going to, you're going to get to people through social media, through content creation and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The shift happened probably five or 10 years ago is happening right now. And will be the only way to do business probably in five or 10 more years. 
If it's not an Amazon package and I look out the door and it's just some random dude or random woman, I would be freaked out. You know, like it's especially in Los Angeles. Like I, I don't know if it, <laughs> if it's the the post COVID or or what, but if someone's just standing at your door, especially with like a expired listing presentation, I would I would not open that door. I mean, listen, if Eric, if you're hoofing, if you're limping down the street uh, and I see you coming out of my ring camera, yeah, I'm, I'm shutting my lights off and pretending like I'm not home. Yeah. But we just uh, we just invested a bunch of money in like like legitimate team custom scooters because the team is loving door knocking right now. So to incentivize them, and and so these custom little limes, right, or birds, I guess they are, they are uh, actually, people like find it funny. They want to ride them. These things are like 20 miles an hour. So it's increasing more conversations aside from just walking up like a, you know, like a, a solar salesman. And like people are like, what the, where did you get that scooter? They're riding it. Kids are riding it. Like, so because of that little that's investment, cool. and it was like $2,000 for four of them, that's increased our conversations. And now people are more likely to actually answer the door instead of like kind of run, hide, and like, you know. So, By the way, Bird, cool. Bird Scooters, I don't know if you had these out in Long Island. San Diego, I'm sure they had them. Did you have those, Jason? We had ha, had them. They got kicked out. They got taken out. Yeah. yeah so, so there was like three years ago, four years ago, there was a huge scooter craze. There was Bird Scooters. There was Uber Scooters. There was Lime. There was these other ones yeah. that you could sit on. They were everywhere. Like when they first came out, it was awesome to like, you could pull up the app and go find them. It'd be like finding like a Pokemon or something in Pokemon yeah, Go. Actually. And then you could ride it around. You're like, this is so novel. This is epic. And then they were yeah. everywhere where like, I would literally wake up and there'd be like six bird scooters, wow. like at the foot of my bed, <laughs> you know? And like, sometimes they had like flat <laughs> wheels, the brakes didn't work. They were choppy. Yeah. They kept coming out with new ones. People were crashing, cracking their heads yeah, on riding them, riding them drunk from the bar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I, I actually did that too. Like I, I went on brokers opens on a Tuesday in Santa Monica and was flying around on a scooter. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And now they're just <laughs> completely gone. They're, wow. they're gone. Yeah. San Diego took them out. Yeah. I, they're, they're fun. It's increasing conversation. So, I mean, Hey, listen, there's a little, little tip for everybody. If yeah. You, buy, if you a, buy a scooter for your team. Yeah. All right. Any, any final thoughts here, boys, this is a three man episode. Get your subscription to Bamax. get in the refer network. If you haven't already, cause you're missing out. Uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Looking forward to the uh, the Bam Bash August twenty second. TBD Bam Bash and August twenty second. But... In, yeah, information coming soon. But you better be going to that TF event. And also, TikTok dances are back. Back to basics. No more. See you next week. <laughs>